quarter to three movie podcast for it chapter two my name is tom chick and i'm here with christian miltz i'd like to be known as jennifer embers i feel like i should get that because i just saw the movie but i don't uh dingus explain that to me in a little bit but first we also have with a tagline for it chapter two kelly wand finally stephen king's story about childhood friends uh, low-hanging fruit, but good. Kelly Wan, do you have one more esoteric? Still fruit, Tom. You get the same nutrients. <laughs> uh, this dairy's more half and half. Finally, um... Oh, the Eddie's... city... Okay, go ahead. Not buttermilk. <laughs> no, the city of dairy. But it's right. half and half, because, like, it's half good. But Eddie's the Paul Dano of the group, huh? You're assuming I even remember which one is Eddie. I don't. I don't get that one. <laughs> what? All right. Do you have another one for us before we start talking too much about? It? I'm so tempted to talk. I have so many things to say. Is there another tagline before you make me start saying things? No, I want to hear things from. Well, then first, let's have Dingus not spoil it. Give listeners the basics. Uh, Dingus, what's this movie that we saw? Tell us a little bit about it. Actually, I meant to say January Embers, not Jennifer. Jennifer's her sister. Um, oh, it's so, the hair poem. Yeah. Okay, I got that. That's an awesome poem, isn't it? Uh, This week we saw It Chapter 2. No colon. Mm. A 2019 (laughs) American supernatural horror movie about dead lights. It was directed by Andy Muschietti and written by Gary Dauberman. Based on a novel by Stephen King. Ugh. It stars Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, Bill Hader, Isaiah Mustafa, Jay Ryan, James Ransone, Bill Skarsgård, and Stephen King. Ugh. <laughs> it, Chapter 2, no colon, is rated R. What? Come on, That's, there seems uh, no call for that. Dingus, explain the R rating. Well, it's rated R for disturbing, bloody images. They're constant and violent images throughout. Pervasive language and some crude sexual material. What? what? Yeah, I don't remember that part. Kelly, one, is there anything else that the MPA should warn parents about? No one should be admitted. <laughs> Over the age of eight... <laughs> Remember that one? He keeps talking about his dick. Oh, come on. That doesn't count. And sleeping with mom. Uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, what? That's yeah. an R? Kelly Wand, if Booksmart gets an R, this can get an R. Kids should get an R, then, by that logic. <laughs> Give all kid chat an R. Uh, we are recording a little early, so the box office returns aren't in. It's going to be the number one movie of the weekend, though. Uh, it's probably going to make around $90 million, which will po- fall pretty far short of the first movie's $123 million, uh, for various reasons that maybe we'll talk about. Um, it is at 59 on Metacritic. That's the average rating oh, from various reviews. Down. On Rotten Tomatoes, 67% of the reviews are positive, and on CinemaScore... Brace yourself for some bad news. It got a B plus. Ouch. That's rude. I mean, it's the same thing the first one got, but still, ouch. You get a B plus on Cinema Score. I made a shitload of money. The first one got a B plus too. 
there's no exactly correlation, good, Kelly Wan, right. between a cinema score rating and an opening weekend box office. None whatsoever. No, I know. I know. No. I try to – I'm still – I still study the topic ruthlessly. Kelly Wand, I have a very important question I need to ask you. I don't blame you. Can you do anything to make me not regret the three hours I spent watching <laughs> It Chapter 2? Anything. Can you, do I, you have anything for me? Can you redeem it in any way? I can't promise you that. Okay. I can't remind you what watching it felt like. Please. Which I think is the next best thing. <laughs> and for about the same length. No, it's really short. All right, let's see what you got. I, I just, I, it's a small thing to ask. I'm just hoping you can do something for I'm me. I'm so glad we did this movie. This is an important part of the zeitgeist. You, you're, you're, you know, I, I concur. But oh, we'll talk. We have so many things to say. We have to, I think there's a moment in it that turned my heart to ice. Ready? Ready. What was your question? <laughs> help. That was my question. Help me. Wow, you hated it. All right. Well, this will help. <laughs> this will really help you, Tom. Ah, oh, chapter Twopsis. <laughs> Kid Beverly stares with glassy eyes in Pennywise's anti-gravitational sewer up at CG called Death Lights that also live in the sewer with the clown. Everyone I've ever dated's all been on that date. Later by a river. <laughs> Guys, if this movie does well, we should m make an another one set tw 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 27 years from now. That really is all. Oh, that's not the only thing Hill does like that. By the way, I know the future, because I looked at some lights in a giant spider's cave. Eddie's all. What will we do in the next movie? Richie's all. The same thing again. <laughs> beep, beep, Richie. They all laugh. Stan's all. Oy vey, hey Bev, what happens to me? She's all... Uh, Mike's all, at least I fucking get out of dairy, right? And become a rapper? Successful? Like all of you guys? Uh, but Ben? Although also, I saw us all die. Okay, no fault questions. Bye. 27 years later at a carnival. <laughs> That's for not saying I look like Ann H. And for leaving more pussy for me. Uh. Guys, a helicopter. I guess we should only murder one of them so the other one can be a witness. Gary, no. The bullies run off giggling. <laughs> oh, we're not the rest of the movie. <laughs> I lean over to the guy in the checked shirt from the Richard Bachman photo sitting beside me and go, Gary's unrelated bully murder infestations even more consistently annoying than its clown one, huh? He's all... The novel of this should have been thinner. Meanwhile, on a movie set. <laughs> Forget it, Emma. It's maximum overdrive. Also, the lead truck is the Green Goblin from uh, Spider-Man. Looks like we're going to need a bigger gas pump. A manly handshake ensues. Sorry, am I supposed to scream here? And cut. That was spectacular, Ryan. Love the improv about the uh, Green Goblin. Damn it, McAvoy, we don't have an ending. People need to remember forever how maximum overdrive ended. Sorry, sir, I'm having nightmares about a clown CG. A brunette woman walks up. I'm your wife. Guys, what if I say interlinked more? Meanwhile, Beverly's now married to her dad? Uh, Bevy, this letter came for you. Dear Beverly, come kill clown with me again. I think I'm a librarian. Mike Hanlon's. Dad, I gotta go. Artifacts, clown, death lights, fat kids yearbook. Beverly, I really want to make things work this time. She kills him with an ironing board and runs off giggling. <laughs> Meanwhile, at a mental institution, 
Look, Bowers, I was afraid of zombies. Now I am a zombie. Classic Pennywise. Uh, I was your friend in the first movie. Uh, here, your classic bully knife. Pennywise really followed our subplot closely. <laughs> Bowers is all, fuck yeah. My character's back. Everybody's favorite. Woo! I'm friends with a clown and a zombie. Take that, nerds. Later, Bowers stabs some guards and runs out of the asylum giggling while the other guards watch curiously. His zombie drives him around in a car while other drivers and Tom look over disinterestedly. Meanwhile, on a stage. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the host of Beep Beep, the TV show, Richie Tozier. <laughs> uh, I just threw up backstage because my uh, black friend wrote me, I need to kill this clown again, ruin this girl's bathroom. So we cleaned it. The audience is quiet. Henry Winkler puts his face in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> Later. Welcome to Madam Wong's of Dairy, Maine. Wow. <laughs> we'll just have the fortune cookies. Hi, Beverly. Oh, I'm handsome and Australian now. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. I don't remember you being fat, so not interested yet. Guys, look. Our fortune cookies have only one word inside each of them. That's more fun, actually. Wait, I solved it. Cut, could, guess it not. Classic Pennywise. Yoda played him. No, I think the verb's over here. Does he call himself it? 20 minutes later, Chastain's all, Oh, sorry guys, I've been holding my fortune in my hand this whole time. Here, maybe it'll help. Hers says Stan. She got the whole puzzle just from her one. They're all... Yeah, it's too hard now. Haters all. Hey, remember when Pennywise danced like this? I hate you. That's Eddie, by the way. Chastain's all. Yeah, seriously, Richie, beep, beep. Suddenly, some CG comes out of their wontons and yells at them, so they destroy the restaurant with a broom. <laughs> Thank you for your savagery. Please come again. <laughs> Damn that Pennywise. Oh, ruins all our m m m meals. Beverly, oi, it's nothing. Shh, Ben, Bill's trying to talk. You're going to be here a while. Okay, everything he does is a, a hallucination unless it's teeth or a v vomit, black vomit. Wait a bit, Bill's brother's arm off only by tricking him into sticking it in the sewer, but then it also just showed up in Beverly's house in broad daylight and took her to the sewer to look at death lights. Oh. Also, it feeds on fear in uh, kids' arms. Wait, so since we're the least afraid of it, we should logically never see it, have the fewest issues. They all look inquisitively at King beside me. He's all... <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, at a carnival... Little girl, come closer. I want to bite off your... I mean, humans don't like me because I eat them. <laughs> uh, I know how that feels comes closer. Beside me, the girl from Ready Player One's all Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> And that thing on her cheek. By the way, I can blow that makeup on your cheek. Oh, poof! What about the weight? <laughs> he tricks her by making her come slightly closer before his 12-foot long shark jaws snap out to eat her. I look over at Peter Straub sitting beside me and go, wait, so he made that little girl not scared of him? 
and then he got more powerful. He says something that's a bit like King, but not quite as good. Meanwhile, at Mike's house. <laughs> Mike, uh, what did you put in my soldering meds? Drugs, bro. You owe me 40. Also, Mike holds up a piece of wood with some holes drawn on it. I stole this from an Indian tribe. Not the Pet Cemetery Indians, or the Shining Ones, or Creepshow 2, or the Manitou. Anyway, here's some CG to explain its backstory. Apparently, ancient Native Americans had clowns in sewers, too. Also, those drugs might make you shit your pants. Drugging you seem like the best way to explain things, as opposed to me just, you know, saying stuff. McAvoy's all... <laughs> Side me, Stephen King's all... Guess which character I am? Dakota Fanning's all... Both? Later. I kind of got that. Yeah, it's a weird one. Guys, Mike drugged me with CG. What Bill is here trying to say, Bev's all, shh. Before we can kill Pennywise by doing the, what's it called again, Mike? The Ritual of Chud. Not an acronym. Seriously? I mean, anyway, as you all know, just like Hobbs and Shaw, we're only strong when we're together. So let's all split up to find our special <laughs> artifacts. You know, like Act 2 of Endgame. Mike, thoughts? Uh, well, then I was thinking we'd just burn them inside this wood thing, which didn't help the Native Americans, but uh, it's also made of wood, so hopefully it doesn't burn. He raises the paperback copy of it. Also, according to this, when we were kids, we all got lost in the sewers, so Beverly had sex with all of us, even Gay Richie. Hater starts doing the Pennywise dance excitedly. Well, you guys did help me clean my bathroom. Ajax, take that, Pennywise. Oh, damn. None of us remember anything from back then. I guess you have to do it again. Well, my new bathroom could use some work. But, Mike, you remember everything because you stayed in Derry, so you get to watch. Mike's all, meh. Richie's all, Eddie's mom sucks. Damn you and your jokes, Tozer. I'm warning you. Classic Richie, Eddie, banter. Now let's hold hands for a second and think about Stan. And everybody walks off. Later in a hallway. Hi, Mrs. Old Lady. Um, I murdered my dad in your apartment when I was a kid. Can I come in and get something I left in the wall? Of course, dear. I'm making hard candy. Come in. I insist. Here, sit in my parlor. You know what they say. Sometimes things happen in life. You may not want them to, but they do. I'm going to kill you, Beverly. Ha ha, Pennywise. The old lady sits frozen, smiling for 20 minutes. <laughs> Uh, okay, neat. Well, you seem normal for an old person to me. Um, can you go into the kitchen for a second? I need to destroy a wall in your bedroom. There's a poem a stutterer wrote me inside it that I need to burn to do the ritual of chud and a sewer, clown spider. It's a long story. Of course, dear. I'll be in the kitchen clowning around. Also, I wouldn't call eating a penny wise. <laughs> Things I say before I eat you. Okay, bye. While the old lady takes off her clothes and convulses, Bev watches Puzzle, then goes into a bedroom, drills a hole in the wall, and takes out a piece of cardboard and a plastic bag. She opens it and reads, Teeth are like stars, they come out at night. The only thing I'd like more than being your hubby is finding out that you like to chase chubby. Oh, stuttering Bill, classic you. That's weird, he usually stutters when he writes with a bunch of hyphens. Oh well, now to go back into this living room here and look at these pictures on the wall... Pennywise killing people in a circus in the 1920s and driving over them with his tiny car. What? <laughs> yes, my father joined the circus. 
and I'm his daughter. It's daughter. I'm possibly, <laughs> I may be him, actually. It's a bit of claw. Beside me, the grandma from the visit yards. Beverly tricks its grandma by exiting the building. Once she's outside, she notices its walls look evil. Ah, uh, Pennywise's grandma didn't burn my poem. Meanwhile, in a pawn shop. Uh, how much for that four forty-year-old bicycle with flat tires in the flower basket? Five million. You can afford it. I write six pages a day, good or bad. My wife Barbara makes corn cobs that smell like something from Mars. Oh, Jordy Verrill, you lunkhead. Oh, I see you're reading one of my the novels. The angry car. Want me to autograph it? I didn't like the ending. Trash can man, ex machina, and then Stu Redman walked back to Colorado for 150 pages. What are you, retarded? Actually, all of them. Halloran goes to the beach with Wendy and Danny Torrance. Don't get me started on that sales ending. Under the dome? Ugh. Beside me, Stan Lee's ghost is all. I really find these cameos of his intrusive when they take me out of the story. <laughs> Beside him, Tarantino's all. Why does he think we want to see him act? <laughs> Later at a street. Hey guys, I got my artifact. This poem one of you wrote me? I've been wanting to burn this ever since I read it. That's why I put it in a wall. How did your guys' artifact sequences go? I let a leper kill my mom strapped to a hospital bed. Then I guess I'm afraid of lepers. Uh, then I strangled it while it threw up on me and sang a Juice Newton song. That's <laughs> <laughs> why I have all this black vomit on me. And I'm singing Juice Newton. <laughs> Richie, how about you? Paul Bunyan? Classic main fixture. Mike? Kelly can't remember. Understandable. Ben? <laughs> I was in film projected class in school, and young again, and you came in and told me how fat and stupid I was, so I realized you was Pennywise, so I tricked him by hiding in a locker. I'd like to see Pennywise have an answer for that. Actually, that was me, Ben. Sorry. Locker. Well played. Bill? I s s stuck my arm in a sewer like Georgie did. While everyone in the audience was like, what the fuck? But Pennywise forgot to eat it and handed me Georgie's boat instead. I also met a child extra and screamed at him to get out of dairy, so he told me to meet him at the Hall of Mimir's Festival later. Shit, I'm late. <laughs> he runs off stuttering. Bev's all third best ex-boyfriend ever. Stan? Oh, right. Eddie comes out of a building with a knife sticking out of his cheek. Bowers stabbed my cheek. Wait, now he stutters. Forgot how shower curtains work. <laughs> they all go inside and watch Bowers' head turn into a spider. Richie's all, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <sighs> Beside me, John Carpenter's all. <sighs> Richie cries on the floor while the spider yells in his face. For some reason, he's all, Eddie, help me. The rest are all, yeah, Eddie, come on. You're not that wounded. <laughs> Eddie's last show of courage was almost two whole minutes ago. The spider gets bored and leaves. To celebrate still not killing it again yet, they all remember a boring day in the clubhouse where they all wore shower caps. Meanwhile, inside a hall of mirrors... Timmy, which mirror are you behind? Timmy, no, 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 he watches Pennywise eat the kid that leaves the vase while Pennywise watches. <laughs> On his way out, the ticket booth sellers all, Don't worry, Mr. McAvoy, I'll clean up the kid's blood and explain it to the cops. Have a nice day. <laughs> the kid's parents are all, Work on your endings, dude. 
beside me, the Shining Twins turn their smiling heads towards me as Naked Arnold sits on top of them. And everyone's filled with Stephen King movie and novel, the classical Earl William pilot drama drama, the running man, <laughs> takes place in a zany alternate universe when the year 2017, America becomes a totalitarian regime run by reality shows. So I'm the helicopter pilot who refuses to shoot at the crowd without the proper ammo. <laughs> so they tried to arrest me, but not committing the murder. So then I tried to trick them by going to Hawaii with the Italian woman from the Predator movie, with the black man in the yellow shirt. Then we wear the jumpsuits and fight the cool, suspenseful athletes in Fireball, and Bizarre, and Dynamo, and Sub-Zero is nothing like Mr. Freeze. And then the people revolt. So we killed the family feud man. <laughs> Me and the Italian woman are put in charge about the world's TV programming. Make utopia. <laughs> Looks cool. Shut up, Carsten. Rumor has it. The box office for Molly's game is so low there are hidden figures. The stunt dancers of Robin Hood go up, sit somewhere else, back into the left, back into the left. Mr. Silverad knows. <laughs> My nose could fit between your front teeth. Shut up, Carson! It's the dread day of dreams. The government office no longer holds audience for you. Meanwhile, in a flashback, thank you all for coming to my bar mitzvah. I just want to say, fuck you, losers, rock! Richie does a slow clap while the rabbis take Stan outside and beat him. Two hours of screen time later in a sewer, they all watch their artifacts burn up inside Mike's wood thing. It smokes and fizzes a little. We did it. Wait till people read the descending. Suddenly a red balloon shows up and turns into Pennywise. <laughs> what the f f f f f Damn. Okay, y'all caught me. There's no ritual. I just missed you guys. This wooden relic's a bong I made out of my old skateboard. That's why it has these wheels on the side. Damn it, Mike. You're a Galifianakis. Huh. Beverly's off. By the way, I still have another fortune from the cookies I forgot to show you guys. Um... It has a period written on it. Also, Eddie, <laughs> this cardboard wrapping paper tube can kill evil if you believe it can. Where are you getting that from? She shrugs, smiling. <laughs> Emily, it's me, Ben's character. Oh, I'm in love with you. Pretend me eyes are the same color as me fat kid actus. Pennywise <laughs> turns into Shelob CG and starts yelling at them. <laughs> They run around screaming and remembering more flashbacks. Suddenly, Pennywise is all, Now I'm going to continue attacking you. Oh, you ran into a cave. Oh, nice one. Oh, it's too small for me. Oh, if only I could shapeshift. I jumped behind me. Oh, yes, the other cave. Hmm. I mean the power of your friendship. Oh. Eddie's all, I'm no longer afraid to throw things at CG. It throws the cardboard tube at Pennywise. It hits him in slow motion and knocks him off screen. <laughs> Guys, I did it. Thank you, Beverly, for teaching me bravery smart. <laughs> Pennywise queen aliens him from behind. <laughs> Haters all, Eddie, no. Guys. <laughs> Wait, he impaled me with his giant limb just now. I was thinking, oh, he's so weak. Guys, look, I never noticed before. Pennywise resembles a clown. He sucks. Ha! <laughs> they all laugh at Pennywise till he turns small. Then they rip his heart out and eat it giggling. 
By the way, guys, I forgot to mention that when I saw all of us die, most of the deaths happen off screen decades from now, like in uh, the last episode of Lost. Beverly, oh, I wrote the poem. I should be the writer. Character of this movie. <laughs> what poem? Richie's all, ah, fuck Eddie's mom. Wait, was I one of the gay guys in the carnival scene? Everybody laughs. Mike's all, well, it was cool seeing some of you again. I guess it's back to the library for me. I'll steal anything else made out of wood. I'll text y'all. Later. McAvoy and his mansion types. Then stuttering Bill made, made his traumatized wife, Audra, ride on his rusty bicycle with him and put playing cards in the wheel spokes until she woke up from a coma. The end. He smiles at us. Suck it, coots. Beside me, Patrick Stewart and Shyamalaya yawn. Some words tell me who was in charge of the pharmacist girl's gum. The end. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was. All right, Kelly Wand, you uh, partly succeeded. I still, I'll go first. Man, I did, I, I, what? I just, this is, I thought this is terrible. All right, so before we get into specifics, actually, no, I will, I do want to, my problem with it is the same problem I had with the first movie. And that is, the first movie has a tremendous scene at the opening. I loved how creepy and weird the scene was with the conversation between Pennywise and Georgie at the drain. That was some inspired, freaky, disturbing stuff. But then the movie turned into a bunch of jump scares and CG, and I feel like this movie was just an extension of that. Uh, and it was it, it was just so... The, the writing in this is just so facile and superficial and uh it it was just so padded it felt like they didn't want to let the child actors go like they still had them on retainer or something so they felt obligated to shoot more stuff with the kid actors um anyway i didn't i didn't like it because i just want more of bill skarsgård's pennywise performance and i don't want a bunch of cg over it i love what that guy's doing i want to watch it and i want to watch how disturbing it is when he's interacting uh, with kids and with other people because he's really good um, and I love that about these movies but I just I don't get enough of it because this movie thinks people want CG and jump scares so my over and under my under is actually going to be the original It because at least in this movie and actually this kind of works against the movie but Wait, at least what? in oh okay the movie sorry at least in It Chapter 2 I cared about some of the actors in the original It I didn't know who any of them were I couldn't have cared less about any of them uh, the little red-headed girl is pretty good. I'd like to see someone give her an opportunity to actually act in something. Uh, but otherwise, none of those kids did anything for me. Uh, and and in this, at least, I was kind of rooting for Bill Hader to get to do something cool. And I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying James McAvoy after appreciating him in Split. And Jessica Chastain, I guess she's pretty, whatever. Uh, but So my under is It, because I didn't care about any of those characters, at least in It Chapter 2. I, I did care about some of the actors. Um, and my over, and this is kind of, uh, I don't think that it's cheating. Dingus has done this before, and I think with good reason. Uh, I want to bring up a TV show. Uh, there's a fellow named Nick Costa. And he floated for the Sci-Fi Channel about four years ago this idea, what if we take these creepy pasta stories that are posted on the internet. They're just sort of like crowd-written horror. What if we call from that some ideas for a horror miniseries? So Sci-Fi Channel took him up on it, and they did a, a miniseries called Channel Zero, 
uh, and then they subtitled it. I forget what the first one was subtitled. Uh, and they had Paul Schneider as the lead. Oh, Candlestick Cove, that's what it was called. And it was okay. It kind of fell apart. Uh, but then season two did some really inspired stuff, and it was just a complete do-over. None of the same cast members, not, not the same script. It was just a miniseries based on another story from this creepy pasta site online. Um, and it, it, it's called The Dead End House, and it's actually pretty frickin' inspired, uh, mainly because of John Carroll Lynch who uh, is just amazing in it. And there's some really, really brilliant parts. It's a story about existential dread that mainly features teenagers. And normally that's just, that's terrible, but I think this kind of pulls it off. Uh, it's flawed, but uh, captivating. Uh, the third season, uh, really interesting, really weird, really creepy. I like some of the actors in it. But what I want to present as my over for it is the fourth season of Channel Zero, which I think is pretty darn amazing. Uh, it's directed by a guy named E.L. Katz. He has had limited success with some of the movies he's done since Cheap Thrills, but I think that Cheap Thrills is brilliant. Uh, and it's called, uh, oh shoot, it's called The Dream Door. And it is about people struggling with a clown that haunted their childhood, that had a lot of fraught meaning to their childhood. And fast forwarding in life, uh, this this couple has grown up, they get married, and they're dealing with this clown that the woman recalls from her childhood. And I think it's really good stuff. Uh, it is six episodes, they're 40 minutes, so all told, it is shorter than watching It and It Chapter 2. Uh, the, the, the different directions that it goes are pretty surprising. Uh, the three leads are actually pretty solid. Uh, there's a kid in it named Brandon Scott, who uh, I think people should pay attention to. I, I love watching this guy. Um, and it also, it's, it's genuinely disturbing. And the clown in it, uh, his name is Pretzel Jack. Uh, I just can't get enough of watching that guy for reasons that will become clear if you watch uh, season four of Channel Zero, uh, subtitled The Dream Door. Uh, and so there you go. There's my over and under. And man, I just this just didn't work for me. So Dingus, you go next, and then throw it over to Kelly Wand. All right. For my uh, theme choosing, uh, I chose movies that uh, purport to be scary but aren't scary at all, um, because I hated this with a passion. Um, it wasn't scary. It just it was boring. Dingus, and, real quick, I, I want to ask: Did you? back up and watch the first it or did you go into this without seeing the first one no i watched the first it it's, okay it is as you characterize it it's just a bunch of jump scares i mean over and over again and you know every one of them that's going to happen they're all telegraphed and that's not scary to me and if you just want to continually make your monsters have bigger mouths with weird teeth as a way to scare me that's just not going to work um so uh, in the vein of big mouths, I chose Legion as my under because um, the big mouth ice cream truck dude. Um, and then over, I chose Mama, uh, which purported to be scary, but I found not scary at all. The short I really liked, but the full length version of the movie was just a slog. Uh, and this was beyond a slog. It was just we're just going to make grosser and grosser things and have no rules for the monsters 
physically as far as the laws of physics or biology are concerned. And that's not scary. Uh, so it just wasn't scary to me. And I just sat there yawning. And we, and when we heard that song, uh, who did you say it was? Juice Newton, Angel in the Morning. Yeah. yeah. When that just randomly played, I literally out loud said, oh, come on. Because <laughs> just didn't understand what, what what are you doing? Whose point of view is it? If you're going to do that, then you do it consistently through the movie. You don't just suddenly do it. Um, so I hated this. Kelly, your turn. Oh, wait, and Dingus, you do know the connection to Mama, right? Like you brought that up for a reason? Yeah. Okay, because uh, it's also Andy Muschietti. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. I'll give it that. Um, and it's not scary. Uh, but I liked half of it. I liked it when it was when it was in the Jump Street zone, and they were kind of jump streeting Stephen King, uh, and the stupidity kind of grew on me. But it takes itself seriously at dub times, and there's shitloads of schmaltz. The the thing in the trailer that I really liked was uh, the entire old lady scene. I think is really good, and I liked the fortunate cookie scene. Uh, and I didn't mind the Juice Newton, like the trying something. But I loved it. I hated it. I wasn't sure, and then I loved it. And then the spider from the thing does the dialogue from the thing, and then my heart turned to ice because these are '80s kids and they haven't seen the thing. That's where I'm at. Um, but yeah, CG is yeah, not scary, especially this. My uh, over is The Shining, which this movie kind of cribs from. Here's Johnny, and my under's Pet Cemetery, the new one, which I found more boring than this actually. Oh, but come on! This didn't have cute little Amy Simons with with red hair and becoming a, a zombie. Spoiler. That's a good point. But it had Bill Hader doing the Pennywise dance. I liked that. And I, what you said, so true. There's uh, the guy, the, what's his name? Bill Skarsgård? That's the Pennywise actor? Yep, yep. He does this thing where he just does like a dead stare for a few seconds, and he's really good at it. He did the first one, too. And Jer- John Carl Lynch is a scary clown at American Horror Story. Uh, oh, so. I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. Season four. Yeah, he's actually creep- the creepiest thing in the season. Like, oh, that's better than anything else that's going on in the show. But he just, I, lo- like, I love John Carroll Lynch in horror, like The Invitation uh, and oh, the, the Channel it. Zero season that I mentioned. So, okay, yeah, you're making me curious. Google now, an but... image of his of his face. You'll see how funny he is, his character. Okay. Oh, but, yeah, chapter two, I'm going to go it, – it's not good, but parts of it are kind of funny. Like it's kind of so you talk about comedy. a 22 Jump Streeting Stephen King. Uh, explain more what you mean about that. The Juice Newton stuff, the fu- the fortune cookie things, where the like uh, where the wait the Chinese waitress comes back and she just solves everything okay, like completely unrealistic. Okay. I see what you're saying. It's like right. really absurd farcical. Like we know it's not real. We don't care. It's full throttle. Fuck it. We're, you're in a, like a you're you're in our universe. We don't even care about the teeth. We're gonna My... give you long lectures about the fear and how it works. And all. My feeling you... about that, Kelly Wan, is it only works if if it's consistent. And it's yeah, not yeah. at all consistent here. Like no, it, this, this movie's tone is all over the place, and I think that's part of why it's three hours long, uh, is it doesn't know where it's going or even how it's getting there. Uh, so while I would have loved if the whole movie had had this idea of them trashing a restaurant and then asking for the check, that w- that was just in such random nonsense places with no consequence with with no self-awareness no, too yeah uh that my, my heart right. turned to ice at that joke like that thing bit was just insufferable but by then i was long yeah. since the moment that the woman comes in there and bill Hader says can we get the check 
I realized, okay, where well, I'm in a movie that has no idea what kind of universe it's selling me. Uh, it's frat boy. Yeah, man. Like, I don't know. Yes. But that's the beauty of 22 Jump Street is it's very consistent along the, the way. Like, and it is self-aware. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like I can almost believe that Bill Hayer was just doing this and they go, yeah, it's kind of good. Like they didn't even see it right. as like, wait, let's do the whole movie like this. I thought you, I thought you were going to say that the, the, the Jump Street stuff was the constant reference to he doesn't know how to do an ending and then flogging. Right, that. right. Yeah, yeah. That, there's that too. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Right, exactly. Metaphysical, like meta humor, kind of thing. But they kept they kept over. They would run it into the ground because then King even says it, and it's well, like, that's, and that's, then your ending sucks too. Like the ending of movies. He does though. He he doesn't know when to stop. Right. I, he he is the movie. <laughs> he captures the book well. He can't blame quote unquote them. It's him making the joke. In fact, he does the joke. In his stupid pawn shop thing, it's his yeah. fault. I mean, he doesn't get to blame anybody. I remember Diggis. I read this book in high school, and I wanted. I'm curious what you your responsibility was like. But I remember reading it and thinking, as a, as a teenager, this is the Jump the Shark book. Like everything after this is like I can see now what Stephen King is turning into, like a Spielberg. Oh, clone. Instead of like Firestarter, like Firestarter and Cujo, like when he was on really heavy drugs, he was a much better writer to me. Running Bat, the Bachman stuff's great. But after so is it, that, is that part of what's going on with this movie? Is that it's trying to be faithful to the book? Partly. I mean, it's a thousand page. I mean, but they changed enough of it, and they replaced it with shit that's. There's so much CG. So let me ask you structurally. Uh, you, you or Dingus can can tell me this. Um, in this movie, it felt really contrived that we're, we're now with the grown-up kids. But the movie has this really contrived idea that, oh, we forgot some of the things that terrorized us. And therefore, I presume they weren't in the first movie. So we're going to show you those now. So it felt right. like the, it felt like it was showing us deleted scenes, which uh, frankly, which clearly hadn't been shot for the first movie. But they felt like this is material that would have been in the first movie, but we're just going to add it. Like, what, was the book a straightforward? Here's the kid's story, then here's the adult story. No, or did it, it have exactly all this? The opposite. It had all this back and forth threading stuff. It opens with Stan killing himself, and then. It cuts between kids and the 19. See, it's it was published in the 80s, and so the 50s is when they were kids. So they moved it up 30 years. But then it's, it switches like back and forth, back and forth okay. through the whole book as they so remember the, stuff. That's the first the it though had no adults. So was that then not true to what Stephen King had written? There was never a time where we're just with kids for two hours. Correct. Okay. Um. So they must not have I, known that 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 they were gonna. They must. I guess. I should know this actually. When they the original it, they were prepared for that to be a one-off, I guess. Yeah, and I, I, that's something else I like about this movie is it has the same vibe as John Wick movies. Like, holy shit, you guys like this? All right, cool. Let's just fuck around. Like, let's party. Like, they get they got a little crazy, and then they got it's like a, it's almost a free ride movie because it made more money than it was expected to. So it's really wacky. But half of it's terrible. It's I I feel like I'm de- the thing joke made me want to kill everyone that was involved. In, like what? really, what? it it is absolutely it's, shameless. It's just absolutely oh, shameless. That what? thing. What? Who yeah. is that for? Dingus, like, did you did you were... catch did you catch that Dingus? What? The the reference to the thing, John Carpenter's the thing. Yes, I did. 
And I think uh, uh, I think Luke S. Taught, uh, caught it too, and maybe even Justin D. Heard, who really liked it, and does a total breakdown of how much he loves the book and what relates to the book and what they dropped and what they feathered in. Uh, that was extra. Uh, he he likes all this stuff, the ritual of the chud and all of that. I couldn't stand it. The whole Indian thing I thought was just deplorable. Could you tell Dingus from Justin D. Hurd's uh, email, is it that he liked this because he was a big fan of the book? Like, is that maybe a prerequisite for liking these two movies? Uh, I think that that's part of it, but he also talks about uh, it in terms of filmmaking. He said that the film was a lot more creative in its use of camera movement and transitions, I think, than the first one. And he thought the violence and setup yeah. were well done. And he liked that they managed to work in a bastardized version of the ritual of Chud. I can't um, believe they were actually saying Chud. I thought I thought I was just mishearing it. Uh, from the book. Too. But that book came out right after the Chud the movie. So well, still... I just sat there thinking, why doesn't somebody ask him, well, why the fuck aren't they standing up and doing something then? Why you, Why did you have to learn this and then bring it to us? Why, why aren't these quote-unquote Indians that you found, why aren't they doing it? Um, right. We find out later, but why aren't his friends questioning that? They don't question anything. I mean, there, no. there's... They clean the bathroom. Like, okay. Sequence at the beginning when they all meet at the restaurant, and then there's this prolonged sequence of them doing shots and goofing around when there's been murders in the town, and that's why they're there. Why aren't they making plans already? They're making artifacts. Well, it really does. There's, it completely undermines any sense of urgency when it has this half-assed big chill vibe for a while, when it wants us. And that, and that yeah. felt, by the way, that felt like being stuck at someone else's 27-year reunion. It was just <laughs> tedious. Um, but, but here's the, also, like, I had no idea, and I guess now you guys have explained it. What, what, actually, what was the scene, why was there a scene with a gay couple being beaten? Right. What was that? I... I honestly ahead, think it's Stephen King's uh, fetish with bullies and making them into comic book characters. He didn't write that. No. Uh, he, not, all of his books, book. so many of his books have overwritten bullies. Yeah. He just got this, sure. he's got this fetish for it, and it drives me crazy, and it drove me crazy in Stand By Me. I mean, they're not real people. They're, they're his idea of what a bully is, and I don't get it. I, I, I find it a complete turnoff. Make them real, and I'll believe it. I might still hate them. I might hate them more. Instead, I just don't believe them. I, I, I guess I understand that in this country we still have people who beat up gay people, but it was just so over the top and dumb that – and I'm, it doesn't follow any rules because Pennywise can attack real people, but then the waitress doesn't see that any of the creatures – she just sees that the table's been smashed. And doesn't care. Well, wait, I want to back up then. So we didn't know who – like we weren't supposed to know who either of those characters were. It's just there's a random beating of a gay couple, and then Pennywise randomly eats one, one of them? Yeah, that wakes him up. That's what it takes. That woke but him up? How much of it was in – like did he cause the homophobia? To... Wait, wait, wait. Real, hold on. That was supposed to be a precipitating event of some sort. Yeah, yes. And it's super harsh, and then you're in fortune cookie. I did not get that okay. at all. Because they, I, I they also say the book. I can't remember. Well, they also the say something. I mean, there's so much half-assed attempts at, at creating lore that goes nowhere. They talk about the 27-year echo, where every 27 years it, it right. happens. So, which also makes me wonder. Well, 
you know why? So every twenty-seven years, kids get eaten for a year or a while. Yeah. And and why doesn't anybody else get traumatized by this? And then in the next twenty-seven years, do something about it? like all this lore stuff made no sense to me. And they even explain there's this implication. I thought that Pennywise was like an alien that he arrived in a meteorite. And when they talk about his true form, I thought we were going to discover something there. Uh, I thought too. This wonderful moment when we see Bill Skarsgård without his makeup, I thought we were going to see more of that and learn about like his origins there. There's so many uh, references and things inferred and implied and alluded to that goes absolutely nowhere. And I just like the little girl getting her face eaten. What? What? What was that? Why was that in there? I mean, is he now starting to kill kids around town? Did he really kill the kid at the carnival? Like, does Pennywise do that? He kills kids in brightly lit open spaces where there's other people walking around. And he was took it... Beverly in the first movie to just walk into her house. That's how he gets her in the daytime. Right. Right. Doesn't even come out of the drain. I do not get what is. There are no rules, and the t- yeah, and he, I guess that's it. That's a kid. There are no rules. Here. So right. why would you why would you imply that that lore is somehow interesting to me if there are no rules? If it's just going to do things for the sake of the jump scare and and the CG. In the book, there's more of a sense of rules, although I don't remember what they are right now. But like, they, he's not an alien. I think in the in the book, if I remember right, Diggis can. I still want to hear Diggis's take on the book, but uh. He is just an ancient evil, like in Dean Koontz's Phantoms. I don't know if you saw the Rose McGowan Ben Affleck adaptation. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's from Earth, but just an ancient evil that's, like, annoying us, like a Lovecraftian thing that exists. But they show, an, they show a meteorite arriving and, and his little oh, – ca- and by the way, that, that set for the last half of the movie, the cave, oh, my God, what a, what a dull, rote set, really. And we've a seen cave. it. They're gonna, they're gonna, right? Exactly. Well, not even that that freaky cave in the first movie. They just go down in a whole different cave. And I mean, come on, fake caves is not have something imaginative when you have a budget. You know, put a cool place down there. It's just a boring fake cave with the implication that a meteorite crashed and made a splash or something. Um, But anyway, so that meteorite thing just made me think. Oh, we're gonna find out he's an alien, and I. So he's ancient or evil from Earth, not even an alien arriving. That's on what I got out of it. That's right. what I remember. Because Tommy Knockers is aliens, bro. That's the one I, I was thinking about. Uh, which uh, King things I would I'd rather see adapted? Because like this is dumb. Like in Doctor Sleep. Well, never mind. We'll talk about Doctor Sleep when that happens. Yeah, but, we will. Uh, I couldn't think of anything like except Tommy Knockers, which isn't that good a book, but it's kind of like. It's got stuff in it that I think would be kind of cinematic. It's kind of dark and weird and kind of topical. So that would be my choice. Or Christine versus Herbie the Love Bug, like a crossover. I really like your idea of it being a more well-designed space down there. Like something that is clever. Like a perfect perfect recreation of each one of their bedrooms or something um, that, that is part of the cave. That they have to go into their bedrooms and look under the bed or look in the closet or whatever. Um, and everything is just perfectly recreated down in that cave rather than it just being a spiky thing that you know he's going to get impaled on at some point. And I get the sense, Dingus, they thought they were doing that when Jessica Chastain gets locked in a bathroom stall. And Oh, here's another, by the way. This is a classic yeah. instance of, I think, this movie being completely self-unaware. Uh, during the finale, the, the group gets 
separated and then scary things happen to them separately but each of their little finale chapters is like it's from an entirely different movie um We've got yeah. Jessica Chastain and Ben in this love redeems all thing where they save each other. We've got uh, James Ransom uh, coming to terms with his cowardice. Uh, we've got Bill Hader and I forget whoever he was stuck with with a little joke with the doors and the Pomeranian. Like all th- none of those felt like they belonged in the same movie, and they certainly had no business being intercut so tightly amongst each other. Uh, I just thought that was horrible filmmaking. And it's hallucination. Yeah, it's uh, James Ransone is in season two of The Wire, by the way, and I liked seeing I liked his character in this. I liked his acting. Well, I, I like the adults. Part of my problem, you like so I, and I, I don't know if this yeah. is a King writing thing, but I I find that the writing in this is the character development is so superficial, and the, the, there's no meaningful characterization for for e- any of the actors. They're they're to my mind they're pretty much interchangeable, and that's that's a Later. common element of bad writing when any line can be spoken by any given character and it right. won't matter that's kind of how so i felt good. watching this group uh no because richie's the wacky one and one stutters <laughs> and one's a lady and one's black so i don't know what you're talking about you fucking, uh, there you go you've, you have Stephen summed King up novels. right you, you've summed it up yeah so I think this, it's, did you yeah this takes place in 2019 right right in the 80s or the 50s so it's like it's like the novel bumped up 30 years so when when he says I'm going to tell them your secret, I think Bill Hader should have just said, "Yeah, I'm gay." So, right. I mean, oh, Luke, that was the secret. Oh my god. Yeah, because he because he, he likes Eddie. Yeah, remember like, the video game. Nobody in show business dingus is allowed to be gay. That's such mm. a difficult place to come out of the closet. I mean, I, I'm being uh, a little tongue in cheek, of course. <laughs> but that that you're I didn't even get that. I didn't even realize that. I thought we were going to find really? out what the secret was later. Well, I mean, I knew no, he was no, gay. Like, I knew I didn't realize that was a secret. I knew that he was pining for his friend, but I didn't know that that's that that was somehow a threat held over his head that he would be outed. It's uh, not like book smart. Um, I uh, Luke S totally missed that because he was having an argument with a rude theater patron at the time. Yeah, Luke S, go. Oh. Did Luke S explain? Did he detail the, the argument? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. no. He just said I I didn't quite understand what that was all about because I was having an argument with a rude theater person. I want to hear about the argument. Like yeah, I do too. Verbatim quotes, <laughs> like arguing during it chapter two. <laughs> so Dingus, who did we make? Who did we make see this? We we Justin heard who was totally into it, and that's great. I would I I hope you'll post his email because if he's okay with that, because I would love to read someone's defense of this who's into it. Uh, uh, Luke S, you said saw it. Who else did we make see this? Just Luke S and Justin D heard. Okay. Um. He. Justin says something, and maybe you can speak to this, Kelly. Add to that, like, so it's not based off a Kerry Fukunaga draft, but also the writer oh, yeah. was behind all of the Annabelle films. Not a great starting point. Add to that that Andy Muschietti was vocal about making Mike a junkie as a way of introducing the history of Pennywise, uh, as well as a way to beat it. That's not from the book. Which one is Mike? Black Mike. Guy. Mike Hanlon. He's a junkie? Yeah. I don't remember that. From the, is that in the book? I don't know. Wait, oh, no, so not in the movie. Okay, because I didn't... Okay, okay. He, I read Wait, a thing where Andy, that... Hold on. If the director was intent on making a character a junkie and the character's not a junkie in the movie, that speaks a lot to how little power the director had here. What happened? Odar had bad his ideas. Justin doesn't go he, it. I hope he does. Because he... 
he said he added the gay bashing because he thought it was topical, which is who said that? Andy Muschietti? Yeah. And okay. wait, you'll like this. This one actually is the least stupid, but like he's like, yeah, Pennywise is like Trump, bro. Like he was thinking that while he was making it, but he, then he still CGs the shit out of. Him. I mean, I, I think I, he was like making. I, I don't I don't get the whole thing with clowns topical. anyway, but I yeah like I don't know what. That's the one part it, I do get. Here, here's one of the things that I really like about uh, the the Dream Door, that Channel Zero uh, season four. Uh, they are completely upfront about the fact that clowns are <laughs> are metaphors that they have no real relevance today. Nobody goes to the circus anymore. Nobody knows what a clown is. Like clowns are a weird thing, and they're metaphors. And this TV series is so aware of how random and kind of odd and out of left field it is to have a clown. Uh, be something that someone is preoccupied with because even in, in uh i remember in, in poltergeist you know the little kid was scared of the clown doll i got who cares one way or the other about clowns they're a weird creepy thing that are in no way part of anyone's life anymore uh so I, that's one weird th- and worth studying i think but they're not relevant there's not a clown is no longer relevant for any it doesn't even mean anything it's a thing that well, used to be kids. at a circus that right. the, I mean, kids. What kids ever see a clown these days? Tom, kids are super into Pirro and Harlequin. Or no idea. And Punch and Judy, they love that shit. Maybe there are still parents who hired them for birthday parties for little kids. Well, I, it was it was funny going back and watching all the real girls. And uh, there's a scene where Patricia Clarkson is a professional clown in that movie, and she goes to hospitals to entertain children. And, you know, I thought it was cool because it's Patricia Clarkson, but if I was a sick child in a hospital and a weird dancing clown came in to jump around and, like, talk at me, I would not – I would be like, what? This is random. Can I go back and watch TV? Uh, I always got nervous for, like, someone who was like, you have to laugh around them. And it's like, oh, no, they're pressuring me. And then what they do is never funny. It's kind of dark and horrifying. Like, clowns are always hurting each other and, like, blowing shit up. (laughs) Like, they seem like psychotic figures and they're wearing creepy – Clockwork orange makeup. It was really weird. The idea that, oh, kids will like this. Like, what? Just show me the animals. Well, I think that's partly, too, why I'm fascinated by the scenes of Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise talking to right. children. Because children don't, I think, have even less of a frame of reference for a clown. Right. Uh, they don't know what to make of this weird guy with, with makeup. It's just like it's another adult. Sewer, the yeah. Yeah. And uh, he... He he also it's it's like in Return of the Jedi when the Emperor's trying to recruit Luke by basically taunting and being a dick to him like ha your friends are dying come on join me and it's like Pennywise is saying like don't be scared I'm gonna well, kill you like he's just, well I, I think what's horrific about Pennywise is uh and and this I think is far more relevant than, than a clown is it's you know it's it's somebody it's a predator luring a child and that's horrific stuff. Um, yeah. And, and this, in this case, it's luring a child to eat the child, which is the stuff of grim fairy tales. But I think in a modern context, we all think of something else, of course, which is horrific in a completely different way. Um, but that's why I, I find those scenes so just creepy and fascinating is I, like that's the disturbing stuff of horror movies is yeah. a predator luring in a child. If he was um, a real clown, it'd be scary. <laughs> that's the irony. Instead of the C, the C, they spent a hundred million dollars on CG. That's less scary than just having that actor prance around. I mean, I, I, the, the scene, teeth, the kind of yeah, the scene where he's got where he's putting on his makeup. Like that was the that was the most fascinating part uh, of the movie. I thought is I liked when he was headbutting the mirror. Yeah, Why? Ugh. Um, 
If only it had gone on for five more minutes. <laughs> I like that's the thing. First off, I want to say I actually liked that it was three hours. I know half of it was really boring, but I liked the idea that you could have like a three-hour horror movie. Like I want to support the idea of that. If this is, I wouldn't mind a three-hour good horror movie. I know, yeah. I know, yeah. I know, I know. But like, I, you know. I don't, I don't use three hours as an excuse to pad a bunch of stuff. And I think Lucas says something along those lines. Is there's just too many characters in this movie. Kelly warned, or, yeah, sorry, and, not, and not enough. Go ahead, Dick. I cut you off. So Lucas, there's too many characters in this movie. It's padded uh, for the for the writing to support. I'm afraid. Uh, I would like to bring up a, mo- a horror movie that's two and a half hours, Kelly Wan, that you should see, and it's called Midsummer. So you want your three-hour horror movie? Ari Aster, uh, he's he's close to giving you that. Uh, and well, there's not, by the way, there's not, there's not a second of like I have some issues with Midsummer, but one of them is not that it's two and a half hours long. That movie right. is not a second longer than it needs to be. Uh, right. I, and I love that about it. So here, well, Kelly Wan, here's my problem with that Hall of Mirrors scene. And, and yeah. you can challenge me on this. I would love for some pushback. I would love to, for someone to explain to me that I'm wrong. There has, in all of filmdom, never been a good Hall of Mirrors sequence. It is a complete. It's, it's, it's a concept that doesn't translate to film because it's completely arbitrary which image within the image that you're watching is going to be real and which one is just going to be glass that breaks. It is a, it is a dumb concept that I think was only ever a big deal. Like in like, the, I think there's a famous Enter the Dragon. There's a Bruce Lee movie where he's in a, or maybe it's a Chuck Norris. Thing, I don't know. That's a uh, good one. But no, no, it's not. It used to be a big deal because it was hard to shoot in that context without the camera being visible. So it, they, in that case, I think it might have been notable because it was a technical challenge. But right. as far as a storytelling technique, as far as something cool to watch on film, there has never, ever, ever, ever been a Hall of Mirrors sequence that's not dumb. Well, it makes me laugh whenever I see him. I like that. It's. I like also, too, they're always paced the same. Like, yeah. They always have, they go in, and then the guy hits the wall. Like, look, it's a Hall of Mirrors. Like, they're, they're showing us visually, like, look, see, it's crazy in there. Right. Look, backup boys. Ooh. All right, but, if you uh, can't help me, maybe, maybe Dingus can. Dingus, is there a non-dumb Hall of Mirrors <laughs> scene? I thought I won the argument with that. In all of no, film no. history. Um, there is, is one, I think, that's uh, referenced in another movie. Um... I realize I'm putting you on the spot here. John uh, Wick has one, doesn't he? Nope. Out of the Destroyer. Yeah. It's not a Hall of Mirrors in John Wick. It's like some weird, remember it's some like multimedia presentation thing, right? Isn't there a comedy one where they parody it? Like there's, it's, a fun, it's supposed to be funny that he's in a Hall of Mirrors. It was either it's a nude bomb. Lady from Shanghai or... Oh, uh, you know what? I might give you that. Uh-huh. Or it was Suspicion directed by Hitchcock. Wait, it's uh, not, I haven't seen Suspicion, but I'll give him uh, Orson Welles. Why, what's two? That's one, Kelly Wand. What's the other one? Bruce Lee, bro. No, I'm not conceding that that's, that's dumb. Yes. It's only no, impressive because it's a tech- – No, what? it's a technical challenge. That doesn't make it good. It's also a technical yeah. challenge to shoot a movie upside down, but people don't do it. It wouldn't make it good. <laughs> I'd watch that. But also, <laughs> it's a metaphor for how his mo- – he, here's the thing and why it's good in the Bruce Lee movie is because he doesn't actually bump into anything because he is so martial arts – like super zen like the mirrors don't work on him no one would bump into anything in a hall of mirrors because it's a mirror not glass you don't put glass in a hall of mirrors they're mirrors 
And it's uh, so stupid that somebody bumps into them. When you walk up to a mirror, Kelly Wand, you see your image getting larger. You do not yeah, then keep into walking in into it until it's the same size as you and it's touching your nose. Nobody in a hall of mirrors would ever run into a mirror. Because you don't – that's – Well, it's not every wall. But also I've – Yes, it is. That's, a hall of mirrors, that's what a hall of mirrors is. I always want to make sure it's me, so I bump and it was Wait, so no, sad too watching James McAvoy. Yeah, it's a mirror. You don't put a fake mirrors. No, you do not put. You don't put a pane of glass in a hall of mirrors. Someone's gonna walk Wait. through it and hurt them. That makes no sense. No, you put plastic in front of it. It's also. It's so funny watching James McAvoy pretend to like. You can see when someone is like fake falling or fake wall- walking into a wall because they hold their hands in front of them. Right. It's so clear that James McAvoy is not trained as a stuntman to hit something face first. Like he's not willing to do it. His hands go up there as soon as he's going to hit the Remember glass. Remember in The Other Woman when Jamie Lannister walked into a glass wall three times and, they, and it broke each time? Would that happen? I need that to a see Final that. Destination gag? What? I'd need it's to see The Other Woman again. Because yeah. his character's dumb. That's the setup. Oh, look. So <laughs> I can't dumb. believe you remember that. Why would you remember that? I remember I like violence in comedies. Like when... Uh, Dingus was upset in uh, Identity Thief when Jason Bateman hit Melissa McCarthy with a guitar, and I thought it was the best thing in the movie. <laughs> so, go, yeah, she stole his identity. Get a guitar. No fucking, I don't know. It was a fight. Both got a fight. She chopped his throat. You got to get, get yeah, you burned a guitar at that point. Anyway, it fighting it though tactics involved compared to the ones Bateman employed against McCarthy. I thought were uh, like it doesn't know his own cave system. Never mind. Yeah, hey, see? That, that part reminded me... I had the same feeling I had watching that scene when I was watching the Thing reboot, and they were running from the Thing. And I go, oh, no, that's not why the Thing's scary. It's not because... And then it couldn't get around, like, a corner to reach Mary Elizabeth. She's on, like, the ship, and for some reason it can't change shape to reach her. It's like, oh, I'm too big to get there. It's yeah, like, all the staging of the action in this is just incredibly dumb. It's as dumb as the writing. Uh yeah. That's the thing. The first one made a lot of money. They're like, see, we're geniuses. Let's get even dumber. Like, well, we you know, I think the, the first one made a lot of money. It, w- it was really fortuitous timing with, I, th- I would guess, the popularity of Stranger Things and just this, like, 80s nostalgia. Yeah. Like, I think it was a lightning in a bottle situation. This movie's going to do fine because it's kind of self-perpetuating in a way. Um, but the, I think the first one was a bit of a fluke. Oh, yeah. And also... Yeah, and the book's not that great. Like, the book doesn't have a lot of good set pieces in it. But two people didn't care about Super 8 when that happened. Was that before the craze? Super like, 8 based on Stephen King? No, but this whole 80s kids, bro, that's the time. But like, oh, no, no, but I, I think that... But but I think also yeah. the the Stephen King's name, like this idea that Stephen King's a trapping of the '80s. Here's a here's something that you might remember from the '80s. From the '80s, uh, yeah. and you know you love Stranger Things because it's the '80s. You love watching kids in in Stranger Things because that's when you were a kid. Uh, and it's an evil clown. Yeah, you bring like your horror. bring your children. Um, you guys will even watch Annabelle. So here's it. Right. There's the right. pitch right there. But but and also Stephen King's name. And I, I – oh, God, you're so you're so spot on with that Stan Lee cameo comment. That whole scene with Stephen <laughs> King was just – I mean I was already completely mad at how dumb the movie was. But we're going to give Stephen King a whole scene. And he's it's just going to be – It's a boring scene. <sighs> no, I yeah. liked it. I, mm-hmm. no, wait, hang on. I'm going to okay. go to bat for it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when he goes uh, – he kept saying, you can afford it. 
And I kept thinking, he's obviously grinding an axe here that he gets gouged a lot when he goes to pawn shops. And so he's like, I'm going to show him how it feels to be me. I'm going to gouge back a boy. And they'll go, they're always telling me I can afford it. Fuck them. Like it was a personal. Kelly, one, I have no empathy with Stephen King, the problems he faces having so much (laughs) money. That must be really difficult for him. Uh, If that was the goal of that scene, I'd have to say it didn't work for me. It did not have the intended effect. I didn't feel I didn't empathy. Know. I felt amusement. Like, ah, see, the angry rich guy's upset. <laughs> I can get that from the White House every day. I like him in Creep Show, though. I think he's good at that. He yeah, because he didn't really show. talk, does he? They just put green moss on him. Oh, he talks. Talks. He pours Gumpy. Oh, George Lord, you blow. Oh yeah, I guess so. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't like him in that. Then I'll take it back. What? Right. <laughs> no, he's like a big hill. I love. Oh, come on, Dingus. Tom doesn't. Dingus. Tom doesn't understand Stephen King. You know, but I, I, I'm increasingly impatient with him because, you know, good on you for being able to publish 1,000 page books, but not everything is an epic. And a story about a scary clown is not an epic story. I mean, it's a novella at best. It could have been. Can you not just drag us along with this clown like a balloon that's got that the helium's run out of? I mean, honestly. Dingus, how epic is a story about Idris Elba as a cowboy who fights Matthew McConaughey? Oh, that's seven books. <laughs> I haven't read those. Those are the only ones I haven't read by King. You don't need to. We the saw the movie. You, you know everything you need really? to know about it now. Did yeah. that cover all seven? All yeah. Right. Remember that movie? People really love it. Like, people who don't even like King like them, which makes me even more suspicious of them. Like, I don't, I don't believe that's true for a second. I do not believe that for well, one when they second. Go, they go, don't, the first one sucks, but then it gets really good. I'm like... Anything that's where the first one sucks, I'm already like, eh, what? Kelly, one, there's a word for that. That's sunken cost fallacy. <laughs> I wow. really love in the first one how Mike, as a kid, um, creeps them out by explaining how the death rate in um, dairy is, I don't know, 6% higher than the national average, and the kids <laughs> even higher than that. And I, at first, I just let that go, and then... I was just thinking, well, if this happens once every 27 years, doesn't that right. get spike? Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. See, they didn't even notice the mask was off. Um, th- this is something I love that Luke S. said, and this is to your point about, um, I think you said this, Kelly, about Pennywise not even knowing his own cave. Um, uh, Luke talks about um, the appearance and behavior of the creature's that Pennywise can create. And he says, whatever that spiky monster thing was, it would probably scare the shit out of 99% of all people from any time or culture. And if his resilience is directly related to his size, why not just always be huge or made of metal, stone, or fire? He seems perfectly capable of being whatever he feels like being right up until the movie suddenly decides that he's self-conscious and really, really cares what people think of him. That was the dumbest finale, by the way, since... I mean, even in Mars Attacks, where the finale is, oh, if you play Slim Whitman, the alien's heads explode. Like, that knew it was dumb, and that was the whole point of it. This idea that why all along they could have just made fun of him, like, the solution is to bully <laughs> him, that's, that's how they kill this clown, and all along they could have done that. 
that's what that's why all this terrible stuff happened. That's why this little girl with the birthmark died and the beaten gay man got eaten at the side of the road because they were too dumb to understand that if you taunt if you explain to a clown that clowns are dumb, it will get tiny and you can pull its heart out and mush it. But they didn't know. They had to do the ritual chud to understand the They didn't though. They could have skipped the ritual, right? Yeah. And just started making fun of him because make him it make him small, literally. Make him feel small, and he literally becomes. That was their solution. Let's, hey, let's, hey, guys, let's insult. Let's make him feel small, and he'll be small. wasn't Wasn't that literally like the solution to killing Pennywise? That's yeah. the takeaway for um, the audience too. Like, yell at clowns. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found uh, it interesting that they're all, "You're a clown. You're a clown," and you hear this yeah. weak voice from the back of the crowd go, "You're a bully." <laughs> like, no bully cares if you call them a bully. <laughs> right. Yeah, dingus, it makes them feel small, and then they turn into little weepy uh, CG babies, and you can mush their hearts, and they'll leave you alone. Was that when the argument happened that the guy wrote about in the audience? <laughs> You're a clown. <laughs> Fuck you, man. You're the clown here. And Lucas is going to have to handle the argument. I can't I can't pay any more attention to it. I, I look forward to hearing about it, though. And I would love to read... More attention? I would love to read Justin D. Hurd's uh, defense. So uh, if you're listening and you want to hear more of a defense of the movie, an explanation from someone for, for why they enjoyed it, I'm sorry we could not provide that. But, what? Uh, ho- I'm sorry that Dingus and I couldn't provide that and that Kelly couldn't provide it uh, more thoroughly. Uh, but if you check out the thread at quarter3.com, maybe you can uh, read what Justin D. Hurd had to say. So next week, we're actually going to see another horror movie. Let's keep our fingers crossed that it works out better. We're going to go see Ready or Not. If you see Ready or Not, send your thoughts about it to 3x3 at quarter2three.com, and we'll include them on the air. And over the rest of the month, be thinking about your favorite scenes in which uh, children are put to bed, generally by their parents like tucking in scenes, uh, send those to 3x3 at quarter3.com, and we'll include those in our next 3x3. Uh, make sure to tell us about your thoughts on Ready or Not before uh, midnight Pacific, September 15th, and get us your 3x3 choices before midnight Pacific, September 29th. I am Tom Chick. I've been here with Christian Marlobsky. It's Christian Marlobsky. And we also had Kelly Wand. Hey, Tom, the villain's name in Dr. Sleep is Rose the Hat. Instead of a librarian, the losers group needed a plumber, huh? Snake. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Oregai 6? Is that a question, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. Dingus, I read for Pennywise, but they said the way I talk (laughs) frightened the children. Losers got to stick together. Dingus, I want you inside of me.